Um, interesting read on the economy from one of our biggest players. Fletcher Building have pulled back on their earnings um, expectations, as Andrew outlined a couple of moments ago. In May, the original estimated figure was between 800 and 855 million. This has since been revised to the lower end of that range. So, what's going on in housing? Fletcher Building Chief Executive Ross Taylor's with us on this. Ross, morning. Morning, Mike. How are you? Very well indeed. These um, these scenarios that you face are they rapidly unfolding in the marketplace at the moment, or are we seeing it coming? No, I think we've seen it coming. We flagged uh, back in February that we were thinking um, there was going to be a range depending on how the uh, market played out. And we've always said off the peaks of, in volume terms at the, to the second half of FY22, we'd see about 10 to 15% down. And that's sort of what's playing out. What about the link to immigration, this, this rush of people into the country? Are you seeing that? And how's it feed into what you do? Well, it's actually the immigration... Easy, uh, the borders easing has been helpful to get skills in, so it just takes a while for that to build into being effective in our workforces. But but you are seeing we're not seeing it so much in our sales yet. But I assume at some point that will flow through. It's probably more of a feature in the rental market now. The boom bust aspect of construction in the industry. How do you explain it? Why has nobody got on top of it? And is 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 it as bad as it's ever been? Well, I think there's two parts to it. If I if I think of the infrastructure and non-res sectors, they're pretty solid right now. And infrastructure, if anything, is very busy, and that's about 50% of the overall construction sector. The other 50% is residential, and and it's sort of patchy. You've got you've got trades out there. When we look at our customer base, where we're selling from placemakers, they're busy. Some of the smaller builders are busy for a couple of years, but the bigger group home builders are doing it tough and apartment space is pretty tough right now so it's it depends which part of it you're talking to what how bad is the cost per square meter and is that holding you know every i just can't understand how some people can afford a home given the cost per square meter at the moment yeah look i mean that's what but the feature that goes on i agree but a lot of the, the key issue is land and look we have seen some escalation in building products over the, through through inflation but if you look at the last 10 years it's been a land 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 issue in terms of what's driven escalation and what you're seeing the way we sort of deal with it and the market's doing it is getting smaller bits of land per house so you're seeing you know, houses on 200 square meter blocks of land 300 square meter terraces you know three stories more so that's the way it's sort of being dealt with to try and minimise those impacts. Mm-hmm. But it is it is there. But what we still do is most of our product, we're below a million dollars. So we're sort of at 800,000, 900,000. And still, that's where we're seeing the volume move. It's very, it's not that robust above that. It's sort of a bit harder. Yeah. Is that everywhere around the country? I find it hard to believe there's a lot of houses in a place like Auckland or Queenstown or the Bay of Plenty at under a million. Yeah, we, te- we tend to... Uh, Look, most of our volume in Auckland's under a million, um, wow. but um, but but that's a deliberate tactic. I mean, I'm not I'm talking about our volumes, not the market now, because right. um, the average you know is, is up there. But um, and we we only build in Christchurch and um, and um, in Auckland. Okay, Andrew Callow mentioned the jib thing, and I don't want to get too political. But if you'd been able to operate during COVID, would we have ever had a jib problem? Um, it, no, it wasn't the operation through COVID. There was a bit of an impact with that. Um, it was more that feature of coming out of COVID and the rush of that toilet paper syndrome that gave us the problem. It was never a, we always had enough capacity. It's just that everyone panicked that they wouldn't be able to get it. And once they feed into a market, you know, we, we just got overwhelmed with triple or quadruple the orders. And 
We, and look, we missed a beat, and I think I said it to you at the time. We, we tried to satisfy that, and before we knew it, we cleaned out all our, all our buffer stocks, and we usually carry about 60 days of buffer stocks. So, you know, so we, we could have handled it better, but it was actually a feature of panic buying more than uh, demand. They say the supply chain is fixed, is it? Yeah, look, I, look, it's, it, look there's always bits and bobs, but broadly, compared to 12 months ago, it is. Yeah, we're, we're, we, we're finding we can get stuff when we need it, and, and you know, that's, the logistics has settled down, and you know, international shipping's come off. So it's actually, it, it's working pretty well. Big picture, state of the economy, state of the country, state of the world, how bullish are you? Uh, I'm probably more for the next 12 months a bit more pessimistic. We've sort of said we think we expect it, our volumes to ease off another sort of eight percentish from from where we are this year. So so, but then I, I'm probably a bit more optimistic in FY25. But that's real crystal ball gazing. I've probably got no more informed view than than you or others. You know, so I, that's what I think will happen. For more from the Mike Hosking Breakfast, listen live to News Talk ZB from six a.m. weekdays, or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.